And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, their Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. We have entered the month of March. That means madness is on the horizon. That means Gator Baseball is getting into the meat of their schedule, almost 10 games in already, and, of course, spring football less than two weeks away. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I know. You're like a world traveler these days. uh, I I was surprised that I'm allowed back since you brought in (laughs) star power last week. Uh, The Matt Hayes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I I am, man. It's going to be... Let me hit or miss for a little while. Now, again, you, people that watch this, people that have listened to you for years, they know about six points. They know that you train quarterbacks. You used to do it on a local level. Then that moved into local slash regional level. And heck, now you're you're national. Yeah, right? man. I mean, you're cool. all over the place. It's cool. It's cool. We're all over. This time of year, it's heavy with the pro guys are getting started again. And so I have an obligation each week to spend a couple of days in Naples. Um with Gardner Minshew, and so it it you take a couple of days out of your schedule every, each week, and things get really big. That's worth repeating. You yeah. go down to Naples every week for the next handful of months, yeah, to work and train with Gardner Minshew. Yeah, it's a blast. That's awesome. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. He, um, he's a fun. He's a fun guy, man. Now, on your roster of quarterbacks that you've trained is one Anthony Richardson. Yep, as spring football less than two weeks he away. Comes in Sunday, so he'll be in for. Couple of days over spring break comes in Sunday. I'm excited because we're just now able to start throwing again. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see where he's at. As much as you're, uh, or much as you can divulge, how is he physically? He seems to be fine. He yeah. seems, yeah. He said he feels what really, really, really good. Um, I don't know. I haven't talked to medical recently, so I don't know like if he's all the way cleared. I'm not sure what the deal is there, but I know that we can start throwing on some level. Um, so I'm excited to see. Now, I guess here's the question. I believe the first spring practice is March the 15th. We're recording this on March 3rd, so we're inside of two weeks. It's his job, right? I mean, there's not a I would think so, quarterback yeah. battle going into the spring. I would think so. I, but if I was Florida, I would – the way I would play this new system, um, quarterback coming off of injury and then a new quarterback – transfer but they're essentially all new quarterbacks right because right. it's a new system it's a new system I mean, jack miller's definitely new obviously emory and anthony were there um jaylen kitten at carlos del rio were there no coach holdover really. right so i would i would play this if i'm not staff as really just a teaching opportunity which practice always is but i would take this to another level and i would make this highly mental um for the quarterback room the entire spring and then whatever physical you can get out of them, specifically Anthony, um, I would limit that. You know, just make sure everything's good because this is your – you're going to go as far as Anthony Richardson takes you next year, period, any way you carve it. And that could be a long way, right? So if he's healthy and you can keep him healthy, I don't think anybody doubts his abilities. Everybody – the only doubt people have is is his health. And so if you can recover him all the way and you can rehab him all the way – then I, th- I think you're looking pretty good for next year. It seems like there's a lot of quarterbacks in that room. Max Brown, the freshman, is coming in. 
He was part of the class of 2022. If you include him, you're talking six guys in that quarterback room. There won't be six guys. There'll be four. In August. Yeah, there'll be four. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be four in May. Will that happen right after the Orange and Blue game? Uh, a couple are going to enter no, the transfer portal. Uh, let me see. When is that? April 18th. It'll probably happen a couple weeks after that, whenever graduation is. Now, let me ask you this. Again, you don't – the reason I'm curious, you talk to a lot of quarterbacks. Do the guys that are going to transfer out have a general idea they're going to transfer out, or are they just going to compete in the spring and see what happens? And if it's not working out in mid to late April, look for greener pastures elsewhere. I think the latter is the most of it. I think, you know, in a situation like Emory, I think Emory – I would say Emory, I don't know. I, I know Emory, but I haven't talked to him about this. I would say he's 75% out the door. But you have a good spring, and all of a sudden this coaching staff's like, yo, you may be our guy. Then you stay. The reason you stayed to start with is you've been there a long time, mm-hmm. and that degree means something to you, and you were you know one semester away from getting it. So if you transfer in December, now you, you get a degree from somebody somewhere else that you spent six months there? Right, so stay, get a Florida degree. It's valuable. You spent time there, and then just see what happens in the spring. You know, go from there. I I I don't know who the other one will be, but my gut is Jalen or Carlos. Um, we'll look at it and go. This is a tough road for me uh, moving forward, and so I'm going to go ahead and hit the portal as well. Portal's brutal right now, though. If you if you if you're not established and you haven't shown something on film, the portal is not your friend right now. Napier arrived so late on the scene that he still did a very good job recruiting, but he only brought in the one quarterback, the three-star Max Brown, was committed to Central Michigan, uh, got a couple other um, Power 5 offers late, ultimately committed to Florida. Now that Napier is establishing himself on the trail, we know Arch Manning, although I think that's long shot at best, but at least Florida gets a visit. But when you include Arch Manning and the four- and five-star guys in the class of 2023, is Florida in the conversation for a lot of these higher profile quarterbacks now? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I think that the rankings, I think Arch Manning is third. I think the two LA kids are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Malachi Nelson, who's at USC, and then Nico, I always butcher his last name. I've known both these kids since they were like eighth grade. Um, I have a picture of them with me in eighth grade where they're towering over me. Like it. <laughs> And I, I, they're both – Nico especially is, is is generationally good. So you look at the three of them, and then you start to separate from there. I think Florida could be in the conversation for a couple of them. The one that I would keep an eye on is local. is a kid we work with, Marcus Stokes. Right, from, has, uh, from Nice. From Nice, nice yeah. who I don't know if you know this, has gone from us telling everybody this kid's really good to top ten in the country. Mm-hmm. 247 released their top 10 last night, and he's number 10 in the country. Wow. That's higher than guys like Carson Beck were ever rated. Why well, not? Like we had his leading receiver from Nice who committed to BYU on um, last month in February. That receiver had like 900 yards receiving and yeah. like 80 catches. Yep. I mean, Nice throws the ball around all over the place. Yeah, no, Marcus is a dog. Marcus is. And so I say that to say, like, I think Florida would have a chance with somebody like that. I don't think they're really recruiting him yet. Everybody else is. Florida, come on. Yeah. Um, but Marcus, they would have a chance with the top 10 guy if they'd get on Marcus. And I think there's, 
you know, a couple other kids that regionally uh, would work out. But nor, uh, look, it, it's like this. Normally, you're you're recruiting these guys when they're in ninth and tenth grade as a quarterback. So I don't even look at the class of twenty three guys and hold Napier responsible for that because he's a little bit behind. But he he could pull a top ten guy. So real quick, I looked up Marcus Stokes just uh, real briefly here in the last month. He's received offers from Indiana, Virginia Tech, Memphis, Pitt, Tulane. Penn Actually, State. that's in the last two weeks. Yeah, Penn State. Yeah. He's about to get four more in the next week that are. Do Nice quarterbacks lights. work out of Florida? Though? They work out pretty well. Obviously, Tim <laughs> Tebow went to Nice. Here's the thing, though, right? And we saw this with Jack Pyburn here locally, and we record this in Jacksonville. We assume a lot of our audience is in Jacksonville, although you could be listening or watching wherever. Um, McElwain did a terrible job in Jacksonville. Mullen, until the very end, when he got a couple of guys out of Trinity Christian, by and large, did a bad job in Jacksonville. Napier came in here. Mullen didn't even recruit Jack Pyburn. Napier had to basically come in and salvage that in six weeks, and he did, and the Gators got a four-star on Rivals, a three-star on 24-7 defensive lineman out of Jacksonville. They need to get players out of the Northeast Florida area. Marcus Stokes looks like he's going to be a prime I, example of that. I don't hold that against Florida or Mullen on Pyburn because he was a late developer. Agreed. But now, again, Pyburn, we had him on. And I asked him, was Florida recruiting you? He said, well, they knew who I was, but they really weren't giving me but the time But you could say that day. about Clemson and Georgia and Alabama, and you could say that about all the schools that you are competing with in air quotes. That's the way that that kid's recruitment went. Yeah. It was Minnesota. It was it was that type of program. That's true. Miami and Auburn came in late, too. The very end, yeah. right? Like, And that happens. That happens. I, and it's kind of a similar thing a little bit earlier with Marcus, but there's a lot more evaluation that goes into the quarterback position. but. But I mean, Marcus is about to pick up some huge offers, and and so to answer your question directly, if they want to get um, a, a Jacksonville kid, they would have a chance with Marcus. He wants to stay fairly local. You know, Graham brought up a good point. If it's a four-star quarterback from Nice High School, does that put any pressure on Florida to get him, based on the fact that that was Tim Tebow's high school? No, I don't think so because that was so long ago. It was so long ago. Um, and and what's funny is. We did an event with the Jaguars uh, this past Saturday, and Doug, I was talking to Doug Peterson, and Marcus walked up and introduced them, and the first thing Doug Peterson says, oh, yeah, you're the one that goes to Tim Tebow's high school. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. and then he's he caught himself, he's like, you hear that every day, and Mark's like, every single day. That was 15 years ago? No longer than that, 17, 18 years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time ago. Yeah. And 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 you man, know, that's your feel old statement for the day. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was, even, but it's it's Tim Tebow, man. You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's a couple of guys. So that when are a just kid comes be... out of Escambia and doesn't go to Florida, do you look at it? I mean, that's Emmett Smith. Yeah. When you know, what I mean, we we could go down that road, but and and that's not even the point. I, I when Jacob I Copeland Florida, committed to Florida, it was like, oh, he went to Emmett Smith High School. I, I that was definitely a thing. Okay, I mean, I. I Mullen recruited quarterbacks in Jacksonville. Mullen just didn't get quarterbacks in Jacksonville. Right. Like, there's a difference. Mullen went after Carson hella hard and just didn't get him. So I, I don't I don't think it 
I don't think they've ever had an issue with Jacksonville area quarterbacks. I think they've had an issue getting Jacksonville area quarterback. Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care. You can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com and you can listen for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports back to anthony richardson all right and if you want to do the entire quarterback room that's fine but i think anthony's the the prevalent one here if you throw him into a pot with the other 13 assumed starting quarterbacks in the conference going into 2022 where is anthony richardson among sec quarterbacks entering spring ball that's the thing we don't know we don't know i i'm i know what i think but i'm biased I think Anthony Richardson is a Heisman candidate. Well, Bryce Young goes number one, right, without saying. Yeah. I I mean, and then after that, I think Anthony's in that next group. There's so much movement. I mean, you look at Spencer Rattler. What is he? What is he going to do at South Carolina? Um, What is Georgia's situation? Yeah, Stetson Bennett did win a national title. Yeah, Stetson Bennett's not the top five. He's not even in the top five. And and Georgia's going to have to rely heavily on their offense where last year it wasn't. So what, what happens there? Jackson Dart. At um, Ole Miss is a good player, but he's coming into a new system with a quarterback-friendly offense. Will Rogers at Mississippi State is a good player. Um, who went to Texas A&M? Um, oh. Uh, Texas A&M got a transfer. Yeah, I'll think of it in a yeah. second. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of good players. Um, but I think Anthony would definitely be in that group right behind Bryce just because of his skill set and what he can do. If he's healthy and if he picks up this offense quickly, if he does that, then then yeah, I, I think you you've got a top, you know, two three Hendon Hooker, KJ Jefferson, both yeah. of those guys, KJ Jefferson, Ark, yeah, Tennessee and Arkansas, like really good players. LSU's got a couple of good guys. Um, there's a couple of good dudes that I mean, it's I think it's a really good year um, for the SEC at everywhere except for maybe Auburn. Auburn may have a freshman starting another one of our guys holding Gurner. Um, but everybody else seems pretty established at the quarterback position. Yeah, now Calzada transferred out of A&M. Yeah, he's out. He went to Auburn, I believe, didn't he? Did. He did, yep. Yeah, so could he factor in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a three-way competition at Auburn. Um, the, 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 the freshman's really, really talented. Really talented. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot. But I think Ant would definitely be... If he's healthy, has the offense, I, I think he's definitely in the top three there. Gator favorite Max Johnson is the one that transferred to right. A&M. That's right. Yep. Of course, he was the LSU quarterback that beat Florida the night that the shoe was thrown around the swamp. Yeah. But uh, but that was weird, too. Haynes King, by the way, at A&M is a very good player. So we've heard. We'll, we'll get to see if that comes to fruition. That was odd, though, seeing Calzada go from A&M to Auburn, see Max Johnson go from LSU to A&M, transferring within the conference, and not only within the conference, but within the SEC West, mm-hmm. these quarterbacks that have actually played and succeeded. Yeah, I, well, I get used to it. It's going to happen. Free agency? Yeah, it's going to happen more and more and more. Uh, so you might as well just get used to that. Um, last Gator football topic. We'll get basketball here briefly. With spring on the horizon, we'll do more this next week as they're 12 days away. Billy Napier finally gets on the field to coach. He's put a staff together. He's recruited. He's made the radio rounds. We've had him on here on 1010XL. You're a coach. 
how excited do you think Napier is to get the whistle around his neck and actually coach some football instead of going to meetings, doing interviews, doing everything he's done for the last two and a half months? I mean, that's that's what you do, right? I mean, that's literally what you live for is being out on the field. Um, I, I would bet, though, that if you got him into a closed room where nobody's listening, he would probably tell you he wishes spring was a little bit later. Yeah. Um, it can't be because of the way the calendar works. Hey, but. Coastal Carolina has their spring game tonight. Georgia Tech and Boston College are already in spring. Yeah, yeah I think Florida FSU, actually starts kind of late. They do. I think FSU starts Friday. Yeah, that's right. Friday or Saturday, something like that. Um, Georgia Tech's already started. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think when you get a situation like what Napier's in, where you're not just a new coach, you've changed everything about the program. You've changed the way they're recruiting. You've changed the number of staff members you have. Getting everybody on the same page. Like it, Right now, the preparation is, while the guys are in the weight room, while they're going through this time of year sucks as a player because it is hell month, basically, mm-hmm. you are organizing and coaching your coaches because you want every meeting room to be consistent. You don't want wasted time. You don't want one coach telling you, telling this guy something here where the defensive coordinators tell him something different on the field, right? So I think he probably would love to have another week or two to make sure everything's buttoned up and organized there because there's a lot of conversations. Not only do they have to teach the playbook, they have to learn the playbook. Yeah, That's why when a new coach is hired, he brings a lot of guys with him because you don't have time to teach a whole new language and a whole new playbook to 40 different coaches. And so I, th- I think he's probably pretty busy with that right now on top of recruiting. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care that's across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine, which includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. Let's end on Gator Hoops. Um Big win over Georgia. The Vanderbilt win was fun. Again, I don't know if Florida's going to make the tournament. We'll get there in a moment. But Florida's down eight with three and a half minutes to go. Heck, they're down five with 35 seconds to go. They're on the road. Vanderbilt hit 15 three-pointers, and you still find a way to win the basketball game. That sets up an awesome, awesome scenario on Saturday when Florida plays Kentucky. I give Mike White credit, and I don't give Mike White credit very often, to go into somebody else's gym when they're drilling threes left and right and you find a way to win and come back fashion, maybe aside from the Auburn game, their best win of the entire year. Yeah. Does it also make you – and I know, I, I, like, I just can't get behind this team. I just can't. It doesn't matter what they do because it makes me go – what the hell? Why haven't we been playing this way all year? I think desperation time now. I mean, they it's, they know it's, it it's win or though, go home. It seems, though, to me, that once you lost to Texas State or whatever that was. Texas Southern. Yeah. Texas Southern. That at that point, you almost get put into desperation time. And, and, and it's like, okay, what are we best at? Well, we're not making shots off of a half-court offense. Like, has, we're not. It just doesn't happen. So we need we need to we need to hurry this thing up a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And it, I don't I'm not a basketball expert, but I know in football you get into a rhythm, and you find out what your team you find out like, okay, how quickly does this team operate? How long should we stay in the huddle? Should we slow it down? Should we speed it up? Everybody's different. Every team's different. And as a coach, you learn your cadence of your guys. 
Like, what is that? What is the best cadence that we operate? Where do we operate at the highest level? And that's what you strive for. So what you hope is, even though it was late in the season, that they found that. What you hope is you is they found a way to create points and to create matchups and things like that, just like football. And and you hope they ride that through. I'll tell you what I love to see as we're getting towards the end of the year. Castleton's playing great, but guys like Appleby and Fleming playing their best ball of the entire year. Fleming has played exponentially better in the last like two weeks than he has. He, he like he was a non-factor a lot of the year, and now he's like he's their second best option outside of Castleton. Yeah, score. Fleming's been absolutely spectacular and good for him. He oh, fouled the A and M. Let me ask y'all this: So, are y'all excited about this team now? I'm excited about Saturday. I'm excited okay. about Saturday too. Okay, yeah, because and if they win Saturday. Then hell yeah, I'm I'm excited for the rest of the year too. At least you see what happens. That they might disappoint us again, like always. But I, I'm excited. To I at think least that's see what my thing. It's like I I don't I don't want to get hurt by him again. Well, here's what I don't understand. <laughs> We're gonna have Jerry Palm on primetime today, CBS Sports. Their bracketology. He's got Florida in. He hasn't going to Dayton, but he's got him in. Lenardi on ESPN. Joe Lenardi has like seven teams over Florida. There is a real disconnect between the way CBS. And Jerry Palmer look at things, and the way Joe and Artie and ESPN look at things, and I'm just curious. I mean, Florida's 19 and 11. They're nine and eight in the Southeastern Conference. Their big problems. They only have two quad one wins, is what they call them now. If you beat Kentucky, you're you're in. My question is, if you lose to Kentucky, how many wins do you need to get in the conference tournament? How many wins? Who are they against? Like, well, that's the thing. Like, they're going to play somebody in the first round that's not going to help them at all. Right. That's what you got to win. So do you have to win two because you got to beat a quality guy, quality opponent? Yeah. Like if you beat, well, you Arkansas, have to win three. No. See, I think if you lose to Kentucky, you win round one, and that would mean your second round game would then be likely Tennessee or Arkansas. If you beat a top twenty Tennessee team to get to twenty one wins. You're which probably would be in. 11 yeah, wins in. in the yeah. SEC. To me, that's going to be awfully hard to keep Florida not out. beating Arkansas. you got to factor in how they play against Kentucky, too. If Kentucky beats them and it's off like a buzzer beater yeah. or something, yeah. that's almost just, that, that's not a win. But, like, I, but uh, to Hacker's point, I don't know that that matters. I, you got to win. I, I don't think you get style points at 19 and, and 12. I think the committee but, just cares about the meat and potatoes. That's man. right. I, I think if you were... Looking at this, are they a four seed or a six seed or eight seed? Then I, I would agree with you. But I think they've kind of lost that that comfort level of a close game means something. I think they got to yeah. win. What I like about what they did in Nashville is it made Saturday at 2 o'clock on CBS yep. a big game. Yeah. A big atmosphere. I would imagine Napier will be there. Crowd's going to be packed. Crowd's going to be packed. It's going to be fun. It'll feel like a Gator game of, you know, the end of Billy's era, maybe the second year of Mike White's era, where you have a big, meaningful game in the month of March. Against their most hated rival in basketball. Yeah, I, I yeah. No, all that's right, and I think that's really good for Florida basketball. I think when we're talking about this, you got to also realize that the logo doesn't carry as much weight in the basketball world as it did even two years ago. Agreed. And if we were talking about this two years ago or three years ago, I think we'd be having a much different conversation, but we're all realistic in this and going, okay, this this Gator logo isn't it's not it it's not excellent anymore, right? When Billy was there, and even the first couple of years, I don't think we're having this conversation. I think same exact situation. We're like they're in because they know they're going to win two or three games in the tournament, and they're in. That's just not the situation now. I know you got to go train. Uh, 
an NFL quarterback, actually, is who you're going to train right now. Um, so real quick, do they beat Kentucky on Saturday? No. I don't think they do, but I got to tell you, man, they, uh, they're playing better than they were the last time that they played Kentucky and Rupp. I give them more, certainly more of a chance now than they had a couple weeks ago in Rupp Arena. And by the way, Kentucky didn't run them out of the gym. It was a 10 point game, a majority of the second half, but by no means was it a blowout. You just give, you give somebody with the athleticism that Kentucky's got. You give them a five-minute scoring drought. Great, and you're done. You're done. You're done. Uh, and we'll see. And again, Jerry Palm today on primetime, if you want to check it out, 140 Eastern. Um, why does the CBS computers think so much higher of Florida than the ESPN computers? That, to me, is very, very strange. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. This has been Gator Bites, 1010XL.com, and the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Next week, we'll review the Combine. Some Gators up at the Combine. We'll see how they did. And it will be spring football week. We'll be inside of a week until spring football 2022. Denny enjoyed it. Safe travels. We'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. Talk to you guys then here on Gator Bites.